from immigrating to this country, learning English, and then working in corporate America, Amanda Villarreal was blindsided by being let go of her job. And that was a defining moment for her because that is when she decided to start her own business, where she typically serves mostly women and veteran businesses. Stay tuned to her inspiring rags to riches journey. You won't want to miss it. And after you listen to this episode, check out the Lima Charlie Network on Instagram and Facebook because we are launching December 1st. The Lima Charlie Network is a group of thought leaders and podcasters with the goals of improving ourselves, inspiring, educating others, and bringing valuable conversations to both military and civilian audiences. Our vision is to empower others to reach new heights in leadership, self-development, and communication by connecting our audience with crucial conversations focused on sharing tools, ideas, and perspectives for impactful improvement. It's a one-stop shop for aspiring and seasoned leaders alike to gain from the experiences and knowledge of others. We aren't just a network of colleagues, we are family. And we invite you to join us on our journey. We look forward to delivering you valuable information to you loud and clear. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Joe Bogdan from the Llama Leadership Team and co-host of the Llama Lounge Podcast. And I wanted to share with you this amazing opportunity to become a published author and become a fire starter. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Well, it did to me, and joining the Firestarters Book Project was an amazingly easy and fun way to get my feet wet in the published author space. Shay and Christine made it so easy to navigate through the publishing realm and gave me the blessed opportunity to share my story with the world, and they would love to do the same for you. They are seeking aspiring authors like you to collaborate with them, and the best part is that they are going to do all of the hard work for you. All you have to do is commit to the process. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. So join the team by visiting firestartersbookproject.com and tell them Joe sent you. It will change your life for the better, I promise. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into treasure. Check out my new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change on my website at shaysparks.com. And while you're there, I invite you to connect with me on all the social media links, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and even LinkedIn. And today, our guest is the amazing Amanda Villarreal. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure to be able to join you and to be able to make a contribution to your podcast. So thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Well, and thank you for taking time to be here. I know you're super busy and I want to give a shout out to Rob Hughes for introducing us. So it's it's been a long time coming. So I appreciate your time. Yes, so definitely. Thank you for reaching out and your interest in learning more a little bit about my humble story. And so, yeah, happy to be here. So for those of you who don't know, Amanda is the founder and CEO of Plex Capital. Her vision is to build a company that brings significant value to its clients, team members, partners, and the community. Prior to founding Plex Capital, she spent over 12 years successfully leading the sales and marketing functions of her startup finance company. She coordinated, developed, and implemented profitable marketing strategies 
as well as identify new markets to expansion. Amanda possesses a keen ability to build strong working relationships with people from different walks of life. She embraces the uniqueness of every human being and acknowledges them, making each person she interacts with feel like they are the most important person in the world. She is passionate about breaking barriers and inspiring others to reimagine a world full of possibilities. With Plex Capital, she has found a way to touch the lives of many directly and indirectly. And you can find out more about Amanda on her on the website at plexcapital.com. And Amanda, I just cannot wait to dive into your story. I love how your vision is to really build a company that brings value to not just your own team, but the community as well. And that's really what we're kind of here to talk about today is uh, I would like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? I'm a woman of faith and I think that it's all about service, right? It's all about what you do for others. There's a quote and I'm sure that I'm going to destroy the quote, but it's, it goes something along the lines of when you think of a, of a tree bearing fruit, it doesn't bear the fruit for the tree it bears the fruit for others. And it's something that I have taken, especially recently as the owner of of Flex Capital into my heart and really trying to carry that. So my obligation with the resources that I've been given and trusted by the higher up is basically to be able to build up other people, right? What I have is not for me. What I have is to go and give to others. And it's something that for many, it comes to a later age for for you to understand that. And I wish I could say that that has been the story of my life, but it hasn't. It it changed significantly, especially the last few years where I realized that everything that I've been gifted, is not for me, it's for others. And so that is something that I keep reminding myself on a daily basis as I raise my children, as I lead the company as I am a member of the community, not only in Kansas City, but beyond, to be able to go and do whatever I can to grow and support and give life to others. I'm always thinking about if what I'm doing is going to build up or is going to kill. Mm. And you're either doing one or the other. You're either giving life to something or you're taking life, right? Mm. Every interaction that you have as a human being, you're either building up, giving life, or you're taking life basically killing someone. And so um, that's, that's my belief system. And that's how I operate going forward, especially the last few years. Yeah. Mm, I love that. And I am also a woman of faith. And so I believe um, in what you're saying is stewardship. And you're really Mm -hmm. focusing on being a good steward with all the blessings that you have been given. So I love what you're doing. Love what you're doing. It's just, it's, it's fascinating. So can you Describe to us your thought process in before you founded Plex Capital, what you were going through and you're like, you know, I just feel like I can make a bigger impact. And then you decided, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to start this. (laughs) Yeah. So before it was very corporate America, nothing against corporate America. That's where I started my career and it gave me the opportunity to do what I'm doing right now to gain a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, and also um, have the financial stability to be able to do what I do now. But I would say that prior to Plex Capital, I was a very corporate America person, you know, numbers, 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 the revolving door for employees. And even though I've always been a very caring person, um, I think I have 
I still have that corporate America hat all the time. Um, I usually like to describe myself as the, the devil wearing Prada, you know, and not that I was the devil, but for sure my mindset was like, okay, well, either, either get it together or this is not the place, right? Mm-hmm. Versus looking at it from a compassionate way mm-hmm. of saying, do we have the right person in the right role? Have we provided the right resources? Have we done the right thing as it relates to being able to build up someone? And so that has changed significantly. I think that it has changed um, not only because now I have my own company, so I can make my own rules, my own ideas and, and things like that. But I think that also with wisdom and as we get older, uh, thankfully, uh, many of us get a little bit wiser. We, we get a level of humility that Maybe we didn't have in our 20s or maybe early 30s. And so um, now it's just, just, it has changed quite a bit from corporate America to now owning my, owning my own company and being able to develop my core values that I want to practice, not only have on a wall, but actually practice, you know, preach and practice. And um, perfect example, this morning we had a meeting with our team members and one of our core values is philanthropy. We, we mm. believe in giving back mm. one way or another. And so as, as the holidays are, you know, right around the corner, we wanted to bring our team together and say, okay, team, this is the amount that we're going to put aside um, a percentage of our, to be able to give to different charitable um, organizations, but we want you to be part of this. So we -hmm. have some of our favorite ones. We have allocated a percentage of that amount for you to decide where you want these funds to go to. And so you know, those are things that we wish we could have in our prior career and we were not able to, but now we're bringing it together and we're truly making an mm. impact, not only with our clients and our partners, but also our community. Um, by the way, shout out to Kansas City. It's the best place to start a business, <laughs> in my opinion. And I've been all over, all over the US and I still think Kansas City is the best place. Mm. So a uh, big shout out to Kansas yes. City. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I would say. It's, it's just, it has changed quite a bit. Was there a defining moment that made you realize that you needed to change? Like maybe you had an interaction with a boss that you were like, you know what? I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like them. So I'm going to change who I am so I can be more of a, that steward that we've been talking about, that giving back type of person. I come from extremely humble beginnings and we'll touch base on that here in a little bit. But um, to answer your question, um, I, I was um, let go of an organization that I had been with for almost 12 years. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the higher ups and it was not a, a um, it was not in the most human way to, to be let go after putting over a decade of your life. And it shakes you completely. It changes yeah. everything. You know, you're, I'm a single mom of a, an 18 year old and an eight year old and two go from having that higher up position to taking that identity that had been mm. my identity for over a decade. Um, it, it shook me a little bit, but it was a wake up call. And um, I didn't sit and cry. I didn't do any of that stuff, but I did sit back and thought about what the last almost 12 years had been of my life. And the things that I had sacrificed, such as traveling nonstop and leaving my children behind and even missing some of their birthdays and so on. Mm-hmm. And to be um, fired uh, or let go, right? Um, and, and what I felt was the most um, unhuman way puts things into perspective. So we are always learning of, you know, good people and, and not so good people. And I took that lesson to the core and that has changed me quite a bit. And, and I'm so blessed that I had that opportunity because it allowed me to peel the many layers that Amanda had 
and be able to become more human and, and hopefully become a better person with every person that I'm interacting ever since that experience. Well, I'm sorry that that happened. And yet I'm really glad that happened because you wouldn't be where you are now. So that's what a great story. (laughs) And I think that's what happens is that we have, we get so wrapped up in our career or in our military experience that we become that identity. I love that you mentioned that because then that's who we are. And we don't see past that when it, when we leave that, whether it's by choice or, you know, it's, it, we've moved on from it, it's our choice. We get so wrapped up in that identity. So I love that you really took time for yourself and really kind of peeled away the layers because that's what I think is so helpful in uh, my own clients is really getting them out of the mindset of this is exactly who you are to that's just one identity. That's just one name that you can call yourself. Now you get to create who you are next. So I love that you've got to create who you are next and you created this amazing company. Yeah. You know, I'm, um, I'm definitely blessed because I, I was in a position where I didn't have to jump for the next job, even though in my niche, um, I am a high, you know, person or like someone that is like very desired for any company. Right. And so in my niche, I was getting so many calls and all of that. And it was such a compliment. Like, even though I had this low moment, everyone was like, let me, let me take you. Like, please let me, you know, come and work with me. Thankfully, by the grace of God, I had made some really good choices uh, financially where I didn't have to go in and jump um, to the next job. Right. And so that allowed me to actually sit back and say, okay, hold on. This is, this is a wake up call. I don't think that I want to spend the next 12 years of my life working for someone else and then maybe end up with nothing. Right. And, um, I put a lot of things into perspective and I've always been someone that has always put deep thinking into every situation. It's sometimes like, even in situations where it's like, really, why am I spending any time on this? But I like to think that I'm a very, um, caring person and that every experience that I've been through in life and, and I've had a lot of painful experiences in life have led me to really just dig a little bit deeper and just continue to get to the core of who Amanda is. And and I really love this version of Amanda versus even two years ago or in my twenties. In my twenties I was a fool. I mean I, I now looking back I'm thinking, oh my God, like what was going on with me? That was <laughs> foolish. But it has definitely given me given me so much wisdom and, and I love the version of Amanda now. And I can't wait to see the version of Amanda even, you know, five, 10, 20 years from now, where I can share all of this wisdom, all of the experiences. Um and more than anything again, that the faith that has been implanted in me and, and, you know, knowing that my life is bigger than a title, bigger than a company, bigger than anything like that. It's it's such a beautiful feeling. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. None of us are what we were in our twenties, right? (laughs) Oh my God. Can you imagine what a world it would be a disaster? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's something about learning, learning and gaining wisdom, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned Kansas City, and I know that you're not from here. So can you tell us about your your background and how did you get to Kansas City? Yeah, so my life has been quite interesting. And I don't think that it's a unique story, but I am the one that likes to go and voice and share the story. Um, but 
I was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. Literally, my parents had a little house made out of adobe, which is mud, made out of mud, uh, dirt floors, all of that stuff. And so at the age of five, my parents decided to move from um, Guadalajara, Mexico to um, the U.S. And so just like many immigrants come here, we came with nothing other than our clothes on our back and we crossed the border, as they say. So at the age of five, we crossed the border. I crossed the border along with mom, dad, and my three siblings. And um, at that point, we came with nothing. So immigrated to Thermal, California, which is nearby Palm Springs, mm-hmm. um, the Palm Springs, California area. And we lived in a little camping trailer. If you remember back in the 80s, they had the X, uh, X-shaped mobile trailers. Yes. So... It, it didn't have a bathroom. It didn't have any of that stuff, but we lived there for quite a while. And we would get up early in the morning and pick grapes, um, actually mm. go out to the field. And yeah, it was quite an experience, let me tell you. But it taught me so much good work, you know, good work ethic, and also the sacrifice that my parents um, actually made to be able to bring us to the States. But yeah, so Guadalajara, Mexico, Thermal, California, and from there... We moved to Kansas City back in 2000. And so my life really changed in 2000, March of 2000. So it will be 22 years when they decided to move from California to Olathe, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And I went from literally 99% Latinos to realistically 99% Americans. And so to me, this was like the true arrival to the U.S., (laughs) the the real experience. Sure. And then from there, um, I think I was a junior in high school at Olathe North. At that point, I just decided um, that um, I wanted to experience the life of Johnson County. I started to see the big houses. I started Mm. to see the plaza. The plaza was a big thing for me. I thought it was the fanciest thing ever. Uh, Now that I've been to like Europe and New York and all the fancy places, I'm like, okay, the plaza is like, it's tiny, but it's still (laughs) pretty cool. Yeah. but, you know, it just, it allowed me to get exposed to a new life and a life that I was craving and, th- and that I wanted. I was the first one in my family. Let me back up. There are five brothers and then me. I'm the only sister. But but I was the first one in my family to actually pursue an education. Um, I decided that I wanted to go to college. So first one to graduate high school. And then from there, went on to earn my uh, paralegal degree, then my bachelor's in management, and then my MBA from Baker University. All of that while I was raising my my son, AJ. I had him when I was only 18 as well. And so, you know, a lot of breaking barriers, a lot of getting on a journey that no one in my family had been on. So a lot of new things, a lot of new challenges. Um, English was, um, you know, basically my second language and, mm-hmm. um, I had not, I knew how to write and I knew how to read back in 2000. Um, but I did not know necessarily how to fluently speak English. Mm. And so it was quite a challenge, but, um, again, by the grace of God, I, I've been put in the right places with the right people and so on. And, um, here I am now, um, owning a, commercial finance company and being able to assist so many businesses throughout the U.S. uh, by providing capital to them, especially in the early stages. And I'm glad to say, not by design, but I'm glad to say that um, over 95% of our clients are female-owned and minority-owned businesses throughout the U.S. So yeah, and veteran-owned as well. Um, So I, you know, I just like, I giggle because it's, 
such a beautiful thing to have come here with nothing and now being able to be of such a big impact mm-hmm. to so many um, minority-owned businesses, female-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses, and to prove again that we are in the best country in the world. Like the U.S. is the most blessed nation ever, and I, I am, I've lived it. I know it and I see it every single day that I'm interacting with all of these business entrepreneurs who were chasing the American dream and now mm-hmm. here they are. And for me to be part of that, it's such a great mission. It's such a great experience because I'm helping to create representation throughout the U.S. And how cool is that? You know, like I, I get so excited about it uh, mm-hmm. because not many can say that. So right. yeah, it is beautiful. It is beautiful and it brings tears to my eyes. What a great story. I love that. It's definitely a a rags to riches kind of story. It is. It is. It's been absolutely uh, amazing. You know, I'm still developing myself and and trying to create a legacy for uh, my children and and for my whole family. But um, it is such a blessing to be able to do that. And and I just love it. And I want to be able to do that. Not only the number of times that I've been able to do it with clients, but beyond, you know, um, that I want to sit here five years from now and say, oh my goodness, we've impacted 6,000, um, 6,000 companies or, or business entrepreneurs. And, and we've been part of that. And, and think about those representations, those little clusters that we're making. So now they see a, a Latina in the community owning a business and, and being successful. And, and now the neighbor thinks, okay, I can do it. Now the sister says, I can do it. Now the nephew or the niece, they can say, oh, I can do it because she's doing it, right? How cool is that? Mm. Um, so yeah, it is pretty neat. <laughs> I love it. The, what The word that's coming to mind is um, tenacious. So you definitely have a tenacious spirit. Amanda, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. It's, um, again, I, I give credit where the credit is. I think uh, there has been a lot of people that have crossed my path um, and I've learned from them. And that goes both ways, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even from the the firing and, and the what not to do, I've learned so much from it, right? And um, a lot of the compassion and a lot of the humility and a lot of the big dreams have come from uh, the not so good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're, you're kind of touching on something that um, I always talk to my coaching clients about is that what happens to you, it didn't happen to you. It happens for you. Yes. It, it will help you develop character and you can, you can choose to be a victim mm. or you can pick up that, apply it and just become a better person. And there's always a choice. We have plenty of options to go and, and sit around and cry about it or to pick up and, and get up and say, okay, let's go do it again, but we're going to do it a little bit better, a little bit wiser. And um, we're just going to go and try it. But life is, life is not supposed to be simple. Life is supposed to teach you lessons. And every single time that you have a lesson or an experience, you just got to take it on, apply it and move on mm. and, and keep collecting the good, you know? Absolutely. What did, do you remember? What what brought your parents here to the the Kansas City area? Did they throw a dart in a map and said, "Yeah, let's go there," or did they actually have intentions that were different? That yeah, so they both had actually siblings um, here in Kansas City, specifically in the Desoto area, and there there was one family member in Olathe, and so their intention was to move to Desoto as soon as we arrived here, Desoto, Kansas, and. Um, 
we went and visited and we were like, oh my gosh, no, we don't want to live here. <laughs> this is, you know, 22 years ago. So right. a, a lot of things have changed ever sure. since. But Olaf got our attention. And really, I mean, when, when I tell you that we came to the U.S. with nothing, we came with nothing. When we moved from Southern California to um, Olathe, Kansas, I still go and like drive around the areas where we live and, and we had nothing. I mean, mm. absolutely nothing. Um, and so, you know, to look at it 22 years ago, it's really not that long ago, right? right? And and to see the life that my children live now, the experiences they get to have, um, the opportunity, opportunity that I have to go and impact the lives of so many people, um, either through my business or personally, it, it's surreal. I mean... You know, I'm not sitting here 40 years later. It's only been 22 years ago. Right. right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give someone who's listening to this and thinking, I mean, Amanda, that's great for you, but, you know, I just went through this um, reorganization and I don't know what to do next. Or maybe they've retired from the military and now they're like, okay, what do I do next? So what advice would you give for them? Yeah, I think we all have a gift. We all do. If, if your gift is to be baking cupcakes at a bakery, um, you should go do that, right? If your gift is to go and coach someone, you should go coach and train, but do it from the, the bottom of your heart. Um, I don't think that any of us were made to be insignificant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we're not trees that just sit there and do nothing. Um, I would say, think about what you really, really feel your gift is instead of focusing on the negative things like I'm not this I'm not that I I don't you know I'm not talented focus on the things that you do very well maybe um you know maybe you have a talent for cleaning and there's nothing wrong with cleaning right so long as you do it with passion and you can make pretty good money uh mm-hmm. owning a commercial cleaning company or mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be but I don't think that we were made to just be put on the wall or to sit on a corner. I think that we were made to come and be of service to others. Mm, I love that. So you talked about service. So as a leader, how much service do you feel that leaders need to have? I think that if you want to be a leader, you've got to be a server first. I don't think that anyone can be a leader if they don't serve. Uh, a leader is not someone that is going to be on the platform and being honored by everyone beneath them. I think it's the opposite. And, and that, that I truly believe that no one can lead an organization if they're not servants first. You gotta, you gotta have that in you. Um, it doesn't matter if you're leading an organization of 50,000 employees or five employees. I think you gotta serve. You gotta mm. serve to them. Um, I'll go and, you know, even with my team members, um, I, I want to keep them healthy. Right. And so I, I will go to the grocery store every week and bring them bananas and apples and grapes and, you know, things like that. And, and I know that I don't have to do that, but I get so much joy out of doing things like that. Even, even the, the fact of me going to the grocery store with the intention of going and selecting those, you know, the fruit for them. Yeah, I think you, those are the little things that count. Um, hopefully, um, they appreciate that. And I know that eventually I won't be able to do it completely. Um, 
but it's something that I, I get joy out of it because yeah. I know that I'm being of service to them. Mm. If they were to ask me for a glass of water while they're sitting there, I could go do that. I'm not above them, right? Mm. And I will never be above them. Uh, well, I think you just hit the nail on the head when you talk about, you know, um, not being above them. So many leaders oftentimes will be a leader who barks orders and it's a do as I do as I say, not as I do. And mm-hmm. what you're really doing is serving not only your your team members, you're serving the community by what you're doing with what we talked about with your philanthropy. What a what a gift you are. And using your gifts is really, um, it's a beautiful thing to, to even watch and listen to. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, watching my parents work the way that they did and the struggles they had, um, there was an experience that really changed my life. Well, I've, I've had a lot of experiences, but there's one in particular. And um, this hit me to the core. I was really, really young. And um, I remember my parents going to the grocery store to, with the intention of buying a gallon of milk. And they walked out of the grocery store without the gallon of milk because they were needing a penny, one penny. Wow. And so until this day, I will tell you that it doesn't matter if I'm dressed to the nines and like everything, and I will bend over for a dirty penny out of respect. <laughs> wow. So it, yeah, it doesn't matter. And I remember when I was in corporate America and I had some of my team members um, traveling with me and at the airport, you know, you'll find coins everywhere mm-hmm. people drop it. And, and so I would be like, you know, bending over and picking it up and, and they would look at me. And so I would then have to tell them the story, but, um, I would tell the story with pride, not so like, Oh, like, look at me. Like I'm that humble. No, like right. I would tell it with, you know, with like a lot of humility because, um, that, um, experience, um, changed my life quite a bit. And I think that a lot of my drive, a lot of my desire to go and be successful and, and make a difference and be compassionate and give back has come from that understanding that I was in that position where I just, um, my parents were not able to afford a gallon of milk, which is mm. um, just absolutely horrible to be in. But, right. you know, it changes their life. Yeah. I love that. I love that you um, are able to recall that and go that one moment was really de- defined who your future Amanda wanted to be. It is. It really changes you. And especially at that age when you don't know what's going on, but you see the the stress mm-hmm. um, that your parents have and, and, you know, how horrible to walk out and not be able to buy a gallon of milk for your child. Right. Right. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So <clears throat> tell us a little bit uh, more in detail what Plex Capital is and the clients that you serve. Yeah. So, um, Flex Capital is a factoring company. Um, by the way, my apologies for the background noise. We had to make <laughs> a few last changes. <laughs> so my sincere apologies. Hopefully no one gets discouraged and dislikes the, the, the conversation. <laughs> but Flex Capital is a factoring company. So we finance accounts receivables for businesses. But the neat thing about it is we're not a traditional bank. And so, um, you know, typically a bank is going to require at a minimum two years of financials, um, they're going to require some type of a collateral or assets, excellent credit from the owners, um, only specific industries that they feel a lot more comfortable working with. We have none of that. Um, basically, through factoring, um, a business, a brand new business or existing business is able to use their invoices for work or product uh, sold 
mm-hmm. right? So services rendered or products sold um, and be able to get money in advance. Um, typically, those companies that are in the B2B space, so business to business, they're having to sell their services or um, product uh, on terms of 40, 60, 90 days. And so that puts a lot of stress on businesses and also the ability to be able to grow their business. So what we do, um, let's take a commercial cleaning company. We say, okay, go and, you know, service the uh, creative planning, um, towers, right? And, um, maybe they're getting paid, I don't know, $30,000 a month. The, the $30,000 can come a lot faster to them if they finance the receivable through flex capital, mm-hmm. which allows them to meet payroll. And it also allows them to go and continue to get new contracts as well. Mm. So, yeah. Um, that's what we do. We do it across the U.S. We have businesses throughout the U.S. Actually, the majority of our businesses um, is not, they're not here in Kansas City. Um, they're throughout. And all of them are in the B2B space. So they have to be business to business. I don't care if it's a startup. I don't care if they're growing too fast. So a company can go from literally $10,000 $10, of sales a month all the way to $1.5 or 2 million, and we're fine, completely fine um, assisting them. So um, it allows them for fast growth, um, but still, you know, controlled by Plex Capital. We want to make sure they're not uh, sloppy at all. Mm-hmm. But we're going to put major, major emphasis on the contract between our client, say the commercial cleaning company, and the debtor, their customer. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a lot of underwriting on their customer, making sure that they have the ability to pay the bills. A lot of risk management goes into it more specifically with the customer of my client. Hmm. Wow. How did you, how did you decide to come up with this? So, um, in my previous career, that's what I did, but I did it in trucking. It was all hmm. transportation. And so it's very well known in transportation. Almost every trucking company that goes into business, they end up using a, a factoring company. That is the term that we're known for. Um, and um, when I left that company or when I was told to leave, um, I was not able to be in transportation for obvious reasons, especially due to my position that I had with them. And so um, that forced me to look at other industries that are underserved and um, the growth has been just unbelievable. Um, we've come across a lot of great industries that were underserved and our company has grown every year with a record. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, our goals for last year, even with the pandemic and everything, we met them in June of 2020. Wow. This year, we had extremely aggressive goals. We met them in April of this year. And right now, uh, we're looking at uh, doubling our business by next year, which is a pretty big number. And I think next year uh, is going to be pretty telling. And then my goal is um, honestly just to build a company within the next six six years that does a billion in annual sales. Mm. And that is my goal. Once I meet that goal, then I can say, okay, I'm either done or I can keep going or move on to the next thing, you know, but um, that is my goal. And I'm so laser focused right now on making sure we can get there. Um, I think if, if in six years you and I are talking and you say, Amanda, did you meet your goal? And I'm saying, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm leaving, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to be in Kansas city anymore. Um, <laughs> That would be an awesome conversation to have. Uh, but there's so many opportunities and I continue to get so many, I mean, so much business uh, because we're really servicing a lot of industries that are underserved. And in my industry, I will tell you that um, 
typically you're not going to see a Latina, mm-hmm. a, a, a woman like me mm-hmm. owning a factoring company. Typically you're going to have the, the, the typical white man, banker type looking man owning a factoring company. And even though that's who my business partner is, you know, I, as a business developer, as the one that is running everything uh, that has to do with our marketing and sales, um, I am not. I am that immigrant child, that single mom, that, you know, Latina that came to the U.S. And so a lot of people resonate with who I am, mm-hmm. uh, even without me telling my story. And so that has opened up a lot of opportunities um, that many of my competitors don't have. And so um, I think that the future is bright and I am very, very excited about not only what I can do for my family, my community and everyone else, but my clients, every time that I speak with my clients and they say, Amanda, I look up to you, Amanda, you inspire me so much. Mm. I hope that I can do that as we grow and as we continue to bring on new employees, that they can take that from me and truly genuinely care as much as I care Um of making an impact with our clients. And so, yeah, it is really neat. I love that. And tell us what, what is your, your client? Who are you looking for? Yeah. So anyone that I'm going to call them dreamers. So someone that says, you know, I've always thought about owning, and I'm just going to say a, a construction company, but I know that owning a construction company takes a lot of money. Um, I know that GCs are not going to pay until 30, 40, 60, 90 days. I got to pay for the material, payroll, and so on. But I know that I can do it. I'm tired of working for someone else. That's perfect for us. If you're working, if you know what you're doing, if you're good at your trade, whatever that trade is, um, and you're working with a good customer, in this case, a good GC, right? we're able to work, we're able to step in and say, okay, as soon as you have that first pay app or first invoice, we're able to advance a percentage of that invoice so you can cover payroll, you can cover your material and any other business expenses. And from there, it's just all growth. You just go and take over any new contracts and so on. Um, a commercial cleaning company is the same thing, same concept. Maybe you have a dreamer that says, I want to go own my commercial cleaning company, Right. And, and they do it. Um, a staffing agency, and I have a lot of success stories with staffing agencies that came to me um, at the dream stage. And now they have four different offices um, wow. you know, throughout the U.S. Um, so really, it doesn't have to be someone that has it all together, but someone that has common sense of good character, um, that is good at the trade that they're going to be in. And then the, that it's going to be able to go and contract with good customers, good, good debtors, companies that are paying their bills. Mm-hmm. And from there, we're able to go and, like I said, from that first invoice, that might be $10,000 a month, all the way to $2 million a month. Um, that is our perfect client. I love that. That's awesome. So if you're, if someone's listening to this and they're like, wow, that sounds like me, how can they connect with you? Do they connect with you on social media, your website? all the ways to connect, connect with you. Yeah. So they can go to Plex Capital and that is with a P, plexcapital.com. Um, all my information is listed there. I'm also on Facebook and um, LinkedIn as well, Instagram. 
Um, all of you can follow me there. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty accessible, especially right now as we're growing and we continue to grow. I'm still involved in the process of bringing on clients, which I think is extremely critical for me to be involved in, in that part. I never want to lose touch of that mm-hmm. as much as I can. And even though I know that uh, my role will continue to evolve as we continue to grow, um, that is something that I don't necessarily want to let go 100%. Um, I will have to let go some, but not 100% um, because I want to keep a very close pulse to my clients. Mm. I love that. I love that. Continue to have a close pulse to your clients. That's awesome. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Well, we're getting ready to wrap up and I just, you've talked about so many amazing things from philanthropy to impact to where you see yourself in six years at a billion, but I will think you're, it's going to be before that. And I can't wait to keep in touch with you and talk to you about it then. And so (laughs) what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? You know, um, I think that my legacy is going to, um, number one, it's going to be through my children. Um, I want to raise boys that are going to be moving the world forward, not holding it back. Um, I think that's number one. Um, everything else as it relates to business and, um, you know, the work that I do in my community, I think that um, I want them to think about Amanda as someone that endured a lot of bad experiences in life, but once again, was able to get up and move the world forward. Mm. Never, ever do I want to be that individual that is just taking from the world and holding everyone back. Mm. Um, so if that is through, you know, building an amazing company that is doing amazing things for clients, amazing things for the community, for its partners and so on, that is fantastic. But I think that it goes beyond that. I think it's, if you really think about it, it's just that concept of moving the world forward. Um, mm. What am I doing every single day to not just take from the world, but actually give and make that movement forward. Um, that's what I want. Um, and really, when I think about what really uh, moves me is is growth and progress. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are my two things. Like if, if I'm not growing and if I'm not progressing one way or another, I'm dying. And so if I can continue to do that and apply it in my life and teach others to do the same thing and inspire others to do the same thing, but primarily uh, raise my two children to be that, right? Um, I think that that's, that's going to be a, a life well lived. Mm, I love that. And just so you know, you are living your legacy right now. You are inspiring others. You are helping the world move forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank it is, you. Um, it's a blessing. It is a blessing. And like I said, it's, it's by the grace of God. He's, mm. he's just, um, he's been absolutely amazing to me, even when he's teaching me some hard lessons. <laughs> Yeah, he has a way of doing that, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. sometimes I sit there and I, I, and I, I want to be that type of person that is like, but why? And then I'm like, no, 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 I get it. Like, you walk into this, Amanda, yeah. you get it together, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to say, I literally used to say why. And then I'm like, okay, God, what do I, what do you want me to learn from this? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's another thing, just taking ownership. Anyone that is listening, take ownership for everything you've done, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. Take your lessons, shake it off, move on, and don't make the same mistakes because um, life has, has a way of, you know, teaching you some really hard lessons. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Well, it has been a pleasure and honor to, to have you on our show today. And thank you so much. I know your schedule is super busy. And um, before you go, I always like to uh, leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? There's so many, but my whole thing right now, um, I'm walking through a journey of faith. You know, I used to be apologetic about my faith. I am no longer apologetic about my faith. And um, I think that I'm everything with God and I'm nothing without him. That's Mm. my thing. Mm. Yeah. He makes me, he builds me. He, he's everything in my life. Um, And I wish I would have known him sooner in my life. It would have um, kept me away from a lot of mistakes that I've made. Yeah. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not. I've known him for a long time and I still made some really interesting decisions. So maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, I, 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 I get up and, and that's my first thing. And I, throughout the day, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm building that relationship that was much needed. Um, yes. And I'm still not perfect. I don't think they'll ever be perfect, but um, I, I don't think there's a quote, there's anything like that other than just, I'm everything with him and nothing without him. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Amanda, so much for taking time to be with us. Well, thank you. And again, I do apologize for the background noise. Uh, my sincere apologies. We had to improvise due to some uh, issues with the internet and, and the signal. So um, thank you for having me once again. And um, thank you to all the listeners. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, because I know you did, you probably even took some notes because Amanda's awesome and she dropped some knowledge nuggets for you. Please go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. And until next time, let's get fired up.